You're listening to sermons from the Anglican Church Noosa. We're in our Summer Chill series this year looking at classic psalms. This sermon was preached at Perigian by Reverend Dave Smith and he's looking at Psalm 42. Well, good morning. It's great to be speaking with you uh, this morning. Uh, For those of you that I haven't met yet, my name is Dave um, and I'm the new youth pastor here. Um, so it's great to be uh, speaking to you this morning. Also, I'm an ordained Anglican priest as well. Um, and for those of you that I have met um, already, um, thank you so much for the welcome to me and my family. Um, we're slowly getting to know names. Um, it's taking uh, a bit of time, but please do keep reminding us. These, by the way, are really helpful. So keep wearing these because it's really useful for us um, as we do that. But um, before we d- jump into our text, let's just pray um, together. Father, thank you for your words, and may you use my words to speak your truth today. And would you give us all hearts to hear what you want to say to us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Happy New Year from me and my family. I know it's already been said today, but I wonder what your New Year's traditions are. Maybe you've made resolutions. Maybe you've had a chance to reflect on 2023. Um, If you're into social media, often it's the time of year where people on Instagram or Facebook or other things um, post about the year that has just gone. Uh, Maybe you've done that. Uh, Maybe, um, yeah, maybe it's highlights, maybe key events of great photos or experiences. People often share those things. But whatever way you have done that, I'm sure that it's a time of year where you remember and look back at the year that has just gone. Um, for Claire and I this year, um, we sort of stumbled our way to 12 o'clock uh, midnight, which is better than last year. Last year, with Jaden was six months old, we uh, were in bed by 9:30 p.m. Um, but this year, we uh, we you know we reflected, remembered the past year, and today our passage in Psalm 42 is all about remembering what God has done. Um, so we are continuing our series on the Psalms, the Psalms. Um, the summer chill is what we, we're calling it. And um, if you were at Swanton last Sunday, you'll know that we kicked off with Psalm 23. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some classic psalms. And today we're looking at Psalm 42, um, which is about remembering what God has done. And it has those famous lines, as a deer pants for streams of living water, so I thirst for you, my God. So as we kind of jump in, um, first of all, I don't actually know if it was... Um, if it was in the thing that we read. But at the start of Psalm 42, a lot of the Psalms have these little kind of like instructions as to how they're supposed to be done. It might say a Psalm of David or a Psalm of uh, you know, Solomon or something like that. Well, this one says, a masculine of the sons of Korah. A masculine of the sons of Korah. I don't know about you, but I don't know what a masculine means. Well, I, I do, because I'm about to tell you. But I didn't before I, I read this. So what does a masculine mean? Well, most scholars believe that a masculine means a teaching. So the purpose of this psalm is that it's going to teach us something. And the sons of Korah, um, the sons of Korah were temple keepers and temple singers. Um, they were highly involved in leading the Israelites in worship. Perhaps much like our worship band today, um, that's kind of their role in, in their um, society. So what can we learn from Psalm 42 if this is something that's going to teach us something today? Well, if you take anything away from this uh, talk today, it's that this psalm teaches us how to navigate the trials and challenges of life. If you didn't pick up on it, um, this is a psalm of lament. In fact, one of the translations introduced this psalm as a longing for God and his help in distress. 
So my first, my first uh, preach here is going to all be about a psalm of lament, um, a lovely, joyful way to start the new year. Um, but um, in this psalm, there are three voices that I want to kind of draw us attention to. And um, as I was reading it this week, um, it reminded me of Charles Dickens's Christmas Carol. Any people know Charles Dickens's Christmas Carol? Um, great. I know Christmas is behind us, um, but if you know A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, or I must confess that I'm much more familiar with A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, that, that's kind of how I know about Christmas Carol. Um, but then you'll know that there are three ghosts that come and visit Scrooge. The ghost of Christmas present, uh, the ghost of Christmas past, and the ghost of Christmas future. Now, there are no ghosts in this psalm, but there are three voices that follow a similar principle to this. There's the voice of the past, there's the voice of the present, and a voice of the future. So firstly, the voice of the present. It says this, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. So the psalm in the present is all about lament. You know, this is somebody who is in a really hard situation. And given from the context, it's probably very likely that these are um, Israelites who are in exile. They've been forcibly removed from their land. And they speak about the pain and misery that life can throw at someone. You know, they know what it is to suffer deep pain, to be away from their homeland. But then they dialogue with them with themselves in the psalm by looking to the past. In verse 4 it says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. They are recounting the past. You know, they're remembering their encounter with God and their joy of being close to him in the temple. Uh, for the Israelites, the temple was seen as um, one of, or if not the place, where you would encounter God. And so they are remembering a time where they were close to God. You know, later on in verse 8, it says this amazing line, By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me. They're speaking about a time where they remember where God was tangibly close with them every day and every night. And then there's also the future voice, which is repeated twice in verses 5 and 11. I don't know if you noticed that. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. And so this is a future hope. It's a will of the soul to hope in God. For the psalmist knows that despite their situation, God is their Saviour. And their God, despite their situation. And so in this psalm, it kind of follows that same pattern. The voice of the present speaks about the current calamity that the writer faces. Then they recount the past, remember what God has done, before speaking about the future. Put your hope in God, for I will praise him. And so as I said before, this psalm teaches us how to navigate the trials and challenges, challenges made up a word there, of life. Um, so today I want to draw out three things that I think this psalm teaches us. And I know that this is a psalm of lament, 
It's not often that we want to start off the new year uh, with lament, but I believe that there's great truth and great joy and great hope for each and every one of us within this psalm. So first of all, there is permission. There is permission to come to God just as we are. Permission to bring the reality of your life to God, including the permission to lament. You know, as we know, this is a psalm of lament. You know, this is written by someone who's in a really hard situation that's probably actually underestimating their situation that they're in. You know, these aren't just words of someone merely saying life is really hard. You know how we hear the news, you know, it's quite often said in quite a monotone voice. This isn't what's being said here, it's a deep, raw cry from the soul. My soul thirsts for the living God. You know, my tears have been my food day and night. They feel far away from God. And it says this bit in verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. And if you kind of understand the Hebrew, um, the, the original language it was written in, that essence of pouring out my soul is the essence of being poured out from your innermost being. And in Jewish thinking, that would incorporate your whole being, your mind, your body, and your soul. And in psychology, we, um, we have something called somatic anxiety, where a situation or event impacts your whole body, don't we? For example, if you're nervous, as I actually was a bit nervous this morning, kind of doing my first talk here, even though I've preached many times, it's nervous coming here. You know, you get like a knot in your stomach, don't you? You know, this is the sort of experience the psalmist is speaking of, an event that's causing their whole body to react. And so one of the great truths I think about the psalms as a whole is that it's where theology meets experienced reality. In theology, what we think about God meets our experienced everyday reality. And if you read the Psalms as a whole, um, you'll discover that the Psalms encapsulates the whole array of the human emotion of the soul. Both the joy and the sorrow of life. And in fact, almost half the Psalms are actually Psalms of lament, if you were to kind of categorise them. And um, I, I don't know about you, but growing up, um, I grew up in a church where the environment um, really appreciated the awe and reverence of God, which I think is really healthy. You know, God is a holy God. And, um, but also, as a part of that, we, had to, we kind of wore our Sunday best. And as a child, I was taught, you know, I have to be quiet and polite, which my son's actually doing very well. I'm very proud of him. Um, you know, we want to give our best to God when you come to church. And whilst there are good things about that, as a young Christian, it also taught me that when I um, came to God, I had to have my life kind of sorted because I knew Jesus. You know, I couldn't come to God with my sadness, let alone complain to God. But one of the things I love about the Psalms, and, the Psalms in, and this psalm in particular, is that it gives us permission to come to God just as we are. Both in the joy of life, but also the sorrow. You know, the psalmist goes on to say, God, why have you forgotten me? You know, it's real honesty. And so if you're here today, and maybe these words sound like the words that you you might be saying about your situation, or maybe even your year, maybe you're even angry with God. God is big enough to take that. He's also the safest place for us to come as we are. You know, Jesus himself, doesn't he, on, on the cross... He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, which alludes to Psalm 22. You know, he's honest with the Father. And so I think part of being disciples of Christ and children of God is to have permission to come to God just as we are. God longs for us to be in relationship with him. 
The psalmist, though, if you notice, doesn't just stay there. They don't stay in their place of lament. You know, they don't just complain to God and wallow. You know, part of navigating life's challenges is to remember the past. Remembering what God has done. And so in this psalm, the writer remembers the past. If you look at verses 4 and verses 6 to 8, they remember what God has done and who he is. Um, back in England, um, we had a Google Nest screen. I don't know if you uh, kind of know like the digital photo frames. Some of you might have some of those. I mean, it's currently somewhere in the world. I'm not sure where it is, but it's on our shipment that's waiting to arrive in Australia. Um, but we have one of those in England. And it's great because it, um, it would have photos on it. And there would be photos that would be linked to my phone. And you could kind of select which people you wanted to see kind of come up on this screen. And, um, and it was great. Um, and, you know, we could see photos of us. Sometimes it would be a bit embarrassing because you don't select the photos that you choose. And so if you have friends around and sometimes a very unflattering photo comes up, you might see that. But um, it was great because um, we used to be able to look back at points in time that we otherwise might not have remembered. Maybe a gathering with friends or an experience uh, or a milestone in life like moving to a new house or a great holiday um, or for us as parents, kind of seeing our son grow up and be like, wow, I can't believe that Jane used to be so small and chubby um, back in those times. It helped remind us of great moments in our life together. And in many ways, this is what the psalmist is doing. They're looking back and remembering the times of encounter with God, or the times where God moved powerfully. And verse 4 speaks about the temple, going to the house of God. You know, as I said before, the temple being a particular place of encounter and worship with God. And later on in verses 6 to 8, they remembered where they lived in their homeland, how God directed their love, uh, his love both day and night. And the purpose of remembering is that even though they acknowledge the situation that they are in, and they lament over it, you know, even though that's how they feel right now, it's a reminder of the truth That God is faithful, that God is trustworthy, you know, that he is their rock, as it says in verse 9. And so the purpose of this reminder is that it leads to a future hope. Remembering the past creates hope for the future. And it has this amazing line, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my saviour and my God. And so first, so if you kind of recount what I've spoken about so far, we've got permission to come to God as we are. And the way to kind of take us out of that situation is to remember what God has done. And last of all, will your soul to hope in God. And so if you look at the journey, as I said, the, the psalmist has permission, they remember what God has done, and then they use that as fuel to say, put your hope in God. Uh, And this line is repeated twice throughout the psalm, both in uh, in verse 5 and verse 11. But why is it repeated? Why does the psalmist say, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. Why do they say that twice? Well, I think it's because even though the psalmist knows that God is faithful, in the midst of their suffering, they need to constantly remind themselves of that truth. And in fact, most scholars believe that Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 are actually part of the same psalm. Because it follows, if you look at Psalm 43, if you flick forward, you'll also see that that same line, Why, my soul, are you downcast? 
Put your hope in God. That is repeated uh, in Psalm 43. And it almost follows the exact same formula, if you like. You know, a, 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 a recounting of the situation they're in in the present. Remembering the past and then again saying that line there. And so the psalmist brings their honest experience to God and emotion in lament. They remember the past and then they put the hope in God. And isn't that, isn't that life? You know, isn't, I don't know if you've ever been in what feels like the darkest valleys of life. You know that it's not always easy to put your hope in God. And this is the journey of the psalm. And, and, and you know, I think if you kind of read it through, the psalmist faces their present crisis. They remember, they then have this future hope. And then the kind of the, almost the experience of their reality comes back again. And the psalmist has to again remember the past and use it to place their hope in God. And about seven or eight years ago, I was faced with, um, with kind of probably the darkest time in my life. Um, and people would say to me the sort of things that Christians should say to you. You know, God loves you. He's with you. We're praying for you. He's faithful. You know, you're going to get through this, Dave. And I'd say to myself, yes, like I know that. I know that God is faithful. But I'd still struggle with the reality of my situation. You know, I don't know if you've heard this saying, but the longest journey is from the head to the heart. You know, you might know something, but to really deeply believe it sometimes takes time. And that was my situation, you know, where I might know that God is faithful. People would say these amazing things to me, but it would be hard to face that in the midst of the reality that I was in. And so I think this line at the end, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? It isn't just a mere statement. It's almost like a battle cry to the soul to say, come on, put your hope in God. And so we have to will our souls to hope in God again and again in the midst of the challenges that we face. And so if you're here today, maybe you might feel like the psalmist. Maybe you're in a situation where you um, reflected on 2023. Maybe it was a really, really tough year. Maybe for you, those opening lines, you know, as the deer pants for streams of water... So my, pan, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You know, my tears have been my food day and night. Maybe that is your experience reality right now. And my hope and prayer is that you might know today that you have permission to come to God just as you are. You know, you are to be honest with your situation, with yourself, with God. But that also you might look back and remember what God has done in your life. You remember what Christ has done you know, through his death and resurrection. And use that to will your soul to say, do you know what, put your hope in God today. You know, life isn't always easy. And so my hope and prayer is that you might find that as a source of comfort and joy in this time. And, and maybe you're here, maybe you're like, life is great right now. You know, 2023 was an absolute blast and 2024, I'm really excited about it. But why don't you use this New Year's time to remember what God has done in your life? You know, why not when you go home today, you know, maybe have a bit of time to yourself. Remember, you know, reflect. What, God, what did you do in 2023 that I can say, yes, God, thank you for doing that? You know, maybe around the dinner table, maybe you can say, you know, ask people around you, what's God done in your 2023? Or maybe if it's not 2023, maybe what is, is there a time in your life where God has moved powerfully? Why don't you just re- remember that time? as a part of the discipline of remembering what God has done. And that's why as a church, that's why we celebrate the great festivals of Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, amongst others. 
Because we remember, of course, the amazing truth that Christ died and rose again so that we can have life eternal. And that there will be a time where there will be no more tears. So how might you remember kind of what God has done? Both kind of the whole thing about what Christ has done, but also those moments in your life where God has done something that you might remember. And so as we look into 2024, uh, my prayer is that this psalm might encourage us to be able to say, as individuals and as a church, we will put our hope in God this year, for he is my saviour and my God. Amen. The Anglican Church Noosa is an evangelical Anglican church on the northern end of the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, Australia. Our vision is living to love and proclaim Jesus. Our core values are being Christ-centred, Bible-based, spirit-led and mission-shaped. If you have found this sermon helpful and would like to contribute to the ongoing ministry of ACN, please go to our website, anglicanchurchnoosa.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening.